Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and we're back with a brand new episode. Um, what I said in the prologue of the last week's reshare still stands. Uh, it is likely that I will be having another reshared episode shortly, um, but I thankfully had some time today, and I actually had the energy and focus Um to, to do an episode as much as I want to do them all the time. Um, anybody who has anxiety, depression, uh, ADHD, or any form of mental health um, knows like sometimes the things that you enjoy doing and want to do can become too stressful and bog you down. Or if you have ADHD, executive dysfunction can be a dick. And it can just be like, nope, you're not doing anything that day. And that's that's not a conscious choice you make. That's just, I want to do the things. I need to do the things. I desire deeply to do the things. But I physically cannot do the things. Um, thankfully, that's not the case today. So we are doing a, a new episode. And as you can tell by, um, by the title... Um, we're jumping back into our unmade series. And frankly, this is, this is one I'm surprised I, I haven't done. I, I thought I did this episode, but lo and behold, I, I haven't. Um, and I'm not, it, it, it wasn't even on purpose, um, that it's two unmade episodes in a row. It wasn't like last week was delivered to whet the appetites of the, for the unmade series. Um, I've got several episodes uh, prompted and ready to go. Just a little more research is needed, more diligent note-taking. Um, and also, you got to be in more of the mind frame to do it. And I, I haven't been. Things have been very chaotic and stressful. Um, cost of living in Canada is insane. Um, it's It's not fun. It's it's not fun. And starting a new job has been great, but that's also very time and energy consuming. Um, so some of the other episodes I I have planned, like doing a deeper dive on Jaws, um, going back to our disaster stuff with the sinking of the USS Indianapolis um, and things of that nature there's more work involved um to do to do the actual events justice and then also the hopefully do the production of a film that i love uh some semblance of justice um whereas the unmade it's it's a lot easier to do because it's it's reacting to in the moment and don't get me wrong there still was some research cuz i'll be honest with superman unmade movies uh, there are there are several. There are about five or or six, but it's hard to find actual details on them um, outside of outside of a few. So actually, like scouring to find out what the deals are. Um, yeah, no, that that takes work. Um, not not a lot. It, I feel like I undersold myself there. I was going to say like a lot of work, but like. It's not like, oh, I can just talk about this. Like, in the case of, say, Superman Reborn, uh, there's a, a script I've got to read. 
I don't know much about this movie, and there's not really many details. All I know is it's documented as a film that was potentially going to get made, um, but then it morphed into eventually the much more known unmade Superman film, Superman Lives. All right, so let's let's hop into this, shall we? Um, so we're going to turn the clock back. Um, we're going to go back to uh, 1989. So Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, one of the worst films ever released. Not just one of the worst superhero films of all time, just a terrible film, period. Um released to no love and acclaim now it's somehow gotten an audience later on but it's it's an awful movie um canon films had the rights at that point and they were notorious for making things as cheap as possible um there had been cuts to the film that were quite weird in the sense of it apparently made things better and yet they cut a lot from the from the film because test audiences at the time were like, oh, no, we kind of like this more. Like, this is post-Superman 3, the one where Richard Pryor uses a computer to control the weather. And Bizarro is kind of there, but not really. Superman 3 is awful. Like, as much as it's easy to bag on the Batman franchise of 89 through... 97 with returns i don't think as much as i don't enjoy batman forever and uh and batman and robin the drop in quality from batman returns to batman forever is not the same as the the drop in quality from superman 2 to superman 3 and then the plummet to Superman 4. Um, not saying Batman and Robin is good, but it's not, uh, it's, even though it is terrible, it's not as bad as Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Uh, so there was intended to be a Superman 5. Um, not much is really known about it, uh, but 45 minutes of footage that had been cut from Superman for the quest for peace was intended to be used in this film. Um, and that's kind of what's known about it. Um, but then it, it didn't happen. Uh, the rights reverted back to some other, other gentlemen, and they were going to look at making, uh, sorry, give me a sec. Uh, here, let me see if I can, have any other information on Superman 4? I've got five. I've got the links as open as much as possible so I can uh, show the, uh, uh, like, back up the evidence um, or what I'm saying. So it's like, hey, I'm basing this on stuff that's documented and not me just theorizing. Um, but no, it doesn't really give many details. Um, aside from it was, there was potentially going to be another fight with, um, Nuclear Man 1, uh, which, so Nuclear Man was a villain with long nails that scratched Superman and poisoned him and fought him on the moon and people breathed in space and Superman 4 is awful. Um, Lex Luthor would have um, recreated 
nuclear nuclear man. Um, and in this, he would have been a Frankenstein like monster. Um, yeah, that, that would have happened. Um, but the movie, uh, the movie got cut. Um, it was delayed. Christopher Reeve was like, Nope, I don't, I don't want to do it. He hated his experience on Superman four. He didn't think it, um, lived up to anything, um, uh, anything close to Superman one, uh, which was his personal favorite. Uh, it, um, or even in the Superman two ballpark. So he, he wasn't interested. Um, there was briefly thought, uh, Cannon briefly thought of bringing on, um, a different actor to continue, but then they, they ditched the idea and they moved on from the project because Superman four was a complete box office bomb and it didn't even have like a critical love to, uh, to bring it back. Um, so then the rights were reacquired by the Salkins, um, Alexander and Ilya. Now, I can't remember. They're, they're involved in the production rights to Superman. I just can't remember quite where. Um, and they had also stayed in in the Superman world with, uh, with a successful TV series from 1998 through – sorry, 1988 through 1989 uh, called – Superboy. Uh, so they were going to, in a way, merge the two where it was going to be Superman, the new movie, uh, and it would have starred Gerard Christopher, who had played Superboy, and he would play the new Superman. Um, so the story would have involved, have involved Brainiac, uh, which is great, uh, Mr. Mixpizzalik, who I butchered his name, but is a he's an imp uh from the silver uh, from the silver age and uh he's quite dated and uh i can't really let, let me get mr uh mr mpizzlek right because I, I yeah no he is an imp um yeah he's kind of an imp a trickster um and he has reality warping powers and he enjoys making Superman's life difficult. Um, heck, this is who Pryor could have been. Wouldn't have been good, but it would have been better. Anyways, um, so it would have involved them. It would have been shot in Florida. Um, but the, the budget was getting to be around 35 to 40 million, and people were like, eh, that's that's ex like that was expensive at the time, but also just after the the bomb that was um, that was Superman four, they're kind of like now nah, we're we're not going to do this. So they they planned on doing they planned on doing this, but then they uh, the father son duo did another film. I just can't remember the name that became a complete nutter bomb. Um, and then they, they just backed out of the movie business. So then this was, this was, wasn't even dead on arrival because it never arrived. And like very little story elements were known. All that's known is like, okay, it would have been Gerard Christopher and we're thinking of Brainiac and Mr. M Mr. Mepizilek. Um, but that's it. It's done. 
Um, eventually, the rights were the rights were reacquired by Warner Brothers, um, and then John Peters uh, stepped in, and then we began work on Superman Reborn uh, slash Superman Lives. And let me see if I can find the other link that had at least some details on Superman Reborn, because I had one open. And is it here? Sorry, I'm so sorry. Okay, so this would, uh, Reborn would have happened around um, 1993. So this would have been post-Batman and Batman Returns. So the success, after the unceremonious death of the quest for peace, like, even though there were ideas for another Superman movie, it wasn't going to be, like, it wasn't going to be thought of as potentially big. Um, but it never, thankfully, never happened. Uh, but then Batman from 89, huge success. Batman Returns, even though it made less money, still a big success. Um, man, I want to watch Batman Returns soon because it's such a twisted Christmas movie. Um, so because of those and them being more, say, Tim Burton movies than comic movies, uh, than superhero movies, um, they started toying around with the idea of doing another Superman film. John Peters, who had produced Batman, um, was also on board as producer for it. So the little known, the little that's known of uh, Superman Re Reborn is several things that kind of gets into the much more developed Superman lives. So, this would have been loosely adapting uh, the death of Superman, the story where Superman is killed by Doomsday in, in the comics before eventually coming back. Um, with this, it also would have, with Reborn, it would have focused on relationship troubles between Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Um, and then Doomsday would have acted as the uh, the main villain, and the apparent twist was that uh, the film would actually open with Superman's death, um, at which point he professes his love to Lois, um, which somehow impregnates uh, her with his child. Uh, and then the son, <laughs> their son grows at an accelerated rate reaching age 21 in the span of three weeks and essentially serves as the, uh, the resurrected Superman. What the hell did I just read? <laughs> Famously, Kevin Smith has ripped apart, uh, the story of the script with, uh, with Superman at that time reborn. Um, and it's understandably so. And it, I'll try to find the link to it. It might still be up on YouTube. It's from his first evening with. But he tells the story of his involvement with Superman Lives in great detail. Um, now, Peters has refuted some of the things. And there is an excellent, excellent documentary, which actually shows how Superman Lives was better, uh, could have been better than we ever thought it was. Um 
called What Happened? The Death of Superman Lives. Excellent documentary. Highly recommend. Um, but just based on that, where somehow about the relationship troubles, but it opens with Superman dying and in confessing his love to Lois that somehow impregnates her. No idea where where she gives birth or in what state this new super baby is born if he's an adult in three weeks. No idea how that works. Um, yeah, no, that's 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 terrible. I never want any version of this to see the light of day. Uh, some of these I'm like, yes, animated movie. Yes, do it. Why not? You've got streaming services. Why the heck not? This, no, never see the light of day. Not interested. I'll check out the script, but oh my goodness, this sounds terrible. Um, so let's jump into Superman Lives, which um, has various uh, various versions. Um, so there was a second one where it still uses the idea of the death of Superman. Um but in this case as well, Brainiac shows up in the script. Brainiac is responsible for the um, destruction of Krypton and he wants to – he's found out Superman is on Earth and he wants to go there to destroy the last Kryptonian. Now, Brainiac being responsible for the death of Krypton, that's a story beat I love. It was used excellently in Superman the Animated Series. Love it. It's dope. I think it's really cool. Um, so on Earth – uh, Clark was on the verge of a nervous breakdown as he's unable to cope with his dual identity as a reporter and a superhero. He visits a, psych a psychoanalyst to discuss those feelings as well as the love he has for Lois. Um, Brainiac makes his way to Metropolis and unleashes his genetic creation, Doomsday, uh, who has kryptonite-laced blood. Uh, this naturally draws out Superman and the two battle to the death. Brainiac wins, and the last Kryptonian is dead. After Superman's funeral, uh, Brainiac attempted to steal the body, recognizing it as valuable genetic material. But it is thwarted by the rogue government agency Project Cadmus, who take the body first in hopes of arriving it or cloning it. Uh, during this time, Superman's spirit is shown taking a spiritual journey through the afterlife. At the end of this journey, he concludes that his work on Earth is not yet done, and his spirit returns to his body. Resurrected but powerless, the Man of Steel travels to Metropolis to fight Brainiac with the aid of Cadmus. Through the sheer force of his own will, Superman regains his powers and defeats Brainiac, giving him a sense of closure and security in the world. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Some ideas in there aren't bad. You can see how some of those ideas um, seemed like they were loosely leaning on some of the stuff from the comics um, where Superman's body did go missing, uh, where there had been the ideas of clones in the story proper. There were four other Supermen, um, Steel, the Eradicator, um, Superboy. Fourth one, I can't remember. Uh, sorry, I just can't. <laughs> Damn it! Give me a second. I'll have to. I'll have to look it up. Um, which four replaced Superman 
Okay, Superboy, steal the red. Oh, Cyborg Superman. Yeah, sorry. I forget. I keep grouping in the Eradicator and Cyborg Superman together. Uh, that's why I keep forgetting them. Also, just the other, the other three have mo much more interesting names than Cyborg Superman. Anyways, Cyborg Superman was there. Not in this, not in this movie. Um, then you get to the, uh, the Kevin Smith, uh, version where John Peters was very hands-on. Um, some of the verdicts were, uh, Brainiac would have a, uh, robotic sidekick, apparently jive talking. Uh, Superman could not fly. Uh, he wasn't allowed to fly. Um, he, Brainiac would wrestle some polar bears at the Fortress of Solitude. Um, and apparently there were guards, even though it's the Fortress of Solitude. Um, yeah, no. I'm going to find that Kevin Smith video because it, it tells it brilliantly. And you can see why that version didn't get made either. Uh, so then we get to the um, the two versions where um, the Burton story, and these were the ones that were going to actually be filmed. Uh, both still use, use the loose adaption of the Death of Superman story, but a departure from that is that Brainiac arrives on Earth, and then he and Lex Luthor eventually merge into a single entity. Uh, in the Wesley Strix script, uh, it was going to be Luthiac, um, which, terrible. Just <laughs> terrible name. Especially when you get Lexiac in the Dan Gilroy script, and the script, and then later in the, um, in the Amazing Justice League Unlimited cartoon. Lexiac works so much better. Luthiac, to me, is dead on arrival. Uh, thematically as well, with this movie, Burton and Strick uh, wanted to underscore Superman's alienation uh, from the planet by the virtue of him being a literal alien. What's known about this original version of the script? Don't really like. Um, the Dan, Dil, the Dan Gilroy script, also not too huge of a fan of, but there's more known about it. So, uh, with that one, the story opens with the flashback to Krypton on the verge of explosion. As Jor-El and uh, Lara, um, Jor-El's wife, Superman's mother, are placing baby Kal-El in his rocket. Brainiac, who is responsible for the planet destruction, enters and attacks them. Jor-El manages to ignite the rocket just as he and Lara are murdered by Brainiac, and the cyborg vows to hunt down the child. Uh, I'm picturing um, the Man of Steel scene where, as Zod's being sent away, Michael Shannon is like, or whatever it is, he screams. Something like that. Um... So then the story moves to the modern-day metropolis where we see now adult Superman stop a bank robbery. That meeting, that evening, he ends up meeting Lois at the Daily Planet in a scene reminiscent um, from the Kevin Smith draft. Um, but in this draft, Lois doesn't know of his dual identity. During this time, it's established that uh, Kenton's identity is in danger of being exposed. So Lex Luthor may be on the verge of discovering it and revealing it to the world. Clark is considering telling Lois before this happens. 
Brainiac then comes to Earth and encounters Lex Luthor. The two devise a plan to destroy Superman. They be and then they merge into a single cyborg entity known as Lexiac, which sounds much better than Luthiac, just to hammer that home. Lexiac creates the creature Doomsday to attack Superman. Superman and Doomsday battle to the death, after which time and the very public funeral, the Man of Steel's body is trans, uh, transported to the Fortress of Solitude. The body is revived powerless by a mysterious Kryptonian force known only as K. Superman and K leave the fortress and trek back to Metropolis. During this time, Lexiak, which... He's an advanced, he's got all this alien tech now, and he's got uh, Luther's resources of multinational conglomerates at his disposal. He plans to destroy Earth just as he did Krypton. He begins assembling an arsenal. Uh, why did I struggle with arsenal so much there? He assembles an arsenal of nuclear warheads to be detonated on the world's top cities. He also spends a great amount of time attempting to unsuccessfully woo a grieving Lois Lane. I guess he's got more than one plan. Um, Superman returns to Metropolis and has his powers restored by Kay, which is revealed to be re the remaining life essence of his deceased biological parents. Superman, with the flirtatious assistance of Lois, defeats Lexiac by destroying the Brainiac element with exactly one second left on the nuclear nuclear clock. The story ends with Lois in Superman's arms, where she reveals that she is pregnant with his child. This is so 90s. <laughs> it's such a 90s, this is such a 90s thing, especially when you picture Nick Cage playing Superman. And I'm not even necessarily opposed to Nick's Nick Cage playing Superman. Thankfully, that excellent documentary showed how good it could have looked. And there are some really good, um, there are some really good uh, development photos and artistic renderings of what some of this stuff could have looked like. Um, oh, I forgot about the Thanagarian snare beast in the last one heavily involving Peter's. Um, on Superman um, in the first, the Kevin Smith draft of Superman lives, where it ends with him fighting a giant spider, but they called it Thanagarian Snare Beast. Um, yeah, you know what? Even though this is better than the other one, so much of this is just so silly. I get it. We're, uh, I love comic books. I even love the, the Silver Age stuff where it's inherently silly. That being said, we're when the tone is Superman is killed and brought back to life, um, having it at the same point where – and the what would be excellent body horror of a cyborg forcibly implanting on a, a human and le lexiac. Like if you – Look up the amazing Justice League Unlimited episodes where that happens. Like, it's flesh-tearing as Brainiac, like, comes out in the body. Some of that just, it doesn't square with the same tone of the essence 
of your your dead parents and potentially like yeah and the the ticking nuclear clock and Lex Luthor hitting on Lois and then Lois flirting with Superman as they possibly kill Lex Luthor cuz how do you revive the body I don't know I don't know. This one is it it's out of everything we've gone over so far, um like this one, yeah, sure. Why not do an animated version of it? Why not? It's bonkers. But live action, I don't think this I don't think this would have worked. Moving on. Uh we're now up to another famous one uh from around 2002 and it was uh, aimed to be released in um 2004 it would have been batman versus superman um and it would have been directed by one wolfgang peterson now wolfgang had left the it was going to be based on script from andrew kevin walker and akiva goldsmith um it was expected to film in 20 uh sorry in 2003 with a Released in 2004. Um, project collapsed when Wolfgang Peterson left to direct the uh, the well-known Troy, uh, the historic epic of debatable quality. I, I happen to enjoy Troy a fair bit. Um, as of two... Uh, and then the, the idea is separated and you got Batman Begins and then you got Superman... Uh, we eventually got after some other false starts, uh, we got Superman returns. So the story in this, I'm not sure what its connectivity would have been to the earlier Batman films or the earlier Superman films. It could have been loosely connected. The idea was this would take place five years after the death of Robin. Um, in this area, Wayne has retired, uh, in this story, Wayne, uh, retired the mantle of Batman and has found happiness with his fiance Elizabeth. At their wedding, um, however, Bruce, uh, the Joker is resurrected, um, or a resurrected Joker crashes the ceremony and murders Elizabeth. Um, so I imagine that, yeah, it's a very loose continuation of the Burton Schumacher films. Um, with a new this newfound rage, like having happiness found and then horn away um bruce once again dons the cape and cowl and goes to hunt the joker once on this manhunt though uh batman encounters superman who fears that wayne will cross the line and become a murderer uh although if we're going by this being in the burton schumacher films batman killed people so he already is um <laughs> This sets the two heroes up for a violent collision against each other. None unbeknownst to each other, these actions fall in line with uh, a villainous plot by Lex Luthor, who is responsible for the resurrection of the Joker. Um, and you can see how some of it, like Lex pulling the strings uh, to start the fight. Hey, this happened years later. But at least this time it wasn't about Martha. Um, Batman, Superman is an interesting fight. It's one that gets referenced a lot ever since The Dark Knight Returns. But 
of course they'll always end up working together. I'm honestly still like, why the hell haven't we gotten a World's Finest movie? Just call it World's Finest. They can fight in the first act. We know they're going to team up by the end. We know. So, yeah, and this taking uh, its its nebulous idea of continuity makes it very hard to understand because if it's if we're resurrecting the Joker and it's a continuation of the Burton Schumacher films then Superman should have stopped Batman and Batman returns cuz he killed several people um if he was worried about the bat kill count then it would have been in that movie um he killed the Joker directly at the end of Batman um you can, it's not the, and it's not even the, I don't have to save you thing. It's not, it's hard to tie a gargoyle to a human being dangle, dangling on it on a ladder to a helicopter. Like, no, nah, dude's clearly going to die um, after he killed other people as well. Um, and then Lex resurrecting the Joker. What? At least with Dawn of Justice, like, Mad scientist Lex like creates creates Doomsday, which I, I I hate that version, but I can go along with that a little bit more because it's alien technology and alien science with human science, and it's all gobbledygook. So sure, why not? But in this case, no. Joker's Joker's a human being, human science. No, um, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> this is bad. Um, and the, the, the one story piece I like from it is the idea of Batman about to find hope and then, and finding hope and happiness and then losing it. But we got that amazingly and so much better in the animated classic mask of the phantasm, uh, which is one of the best Batman movies, period. Um, that, yeah, no, that, I'm glad this didn't see the light of day. Would it be better than what we got with Dawn of Justice? Possibly, because Dawn of Justice was a humongous mess. But it doesn't mean it'd be good. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to punch down so much. It's just, yeah, no, this is like, ugh. Okay, uh, we've got one more really ugh one, and then we're going to end on a, a happy one for me. At least one where I'm like, damn, that, that could have been dope. Um, but next we have the, uh, the J.J. The Abrams penned and potentially Brett Ratner or MCG directed Superman Flyby, um, which I'm also glad it didn't happen. <laughs> just because we'll we'll get to the story um it it i guess it has potential but it's also just for me just so no especially when we look at who like brett ratner and mick g um for directing i just see the worst version of this movie um which already to me like doesn't have much going for it um now the it did have a screen test of one Henry Cavill, uh, who I wish was still Superman. Um, and then there were also other people can, uh, considered were Jude Law, Joshua Hartnett, Brendan Fraser, um, which, man, Brendan Fraser is awesome. Um, hey, or, and, and uh, Jared Paladecki, 
for any supernatural uh, fans who he's just Superman is classically handsome, but Paladecki is too handsome. Paladecki would have been uh, modern day Paladecki for Superman lives where they were going for the mullet. Paladecki has a great set of hair. Head of hair. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, so it would have been a new origin story that included uh, Krypton being besieged by a civil war between Jor-El and his corrupt brother, Katazor. Uh, before Katazor sentences Jor-El to prison, Kal-El is launched to Earth to fulfill a prophecy. What prophecy? It's not mentioned. Already hate it. <laughs> as soon as it's the prophecy. Like, ugh, not every bloody movie needs a prophecy. <laughs> um... Adopted by Jonathan Martha Kent, he forms a romance with Lois Lane in The Daily Planet. However, Lois is more concerned with exposing Lex Luthor, in this film written as a government agent obsessed with UFO phenomena. Uh, Clark reveals himself to the world as Superman that then brings Katazor's son, Tizor, and three other Kryptonians to Earth. So, we're seeing shades of Zod and his two plus one. Um... Superman is defeated and killed uh, by Tizor and the others, um, and then visits Jor-El, who we find out committed suicide on Krypton while in prison, in Kryptonian heaven. Resurrected, he returns to Earth and defeats the four Kryptonians, while the script ends with Superman off to Krypton, leaving a cliffhanger for the sequel. There is so much I hate about this. <laughs> like, um, Luna Steel, we had the the warring factions. So that part, why not? Why not? It, it it's all right. It's different. It works. Krypton can be destroyed. It can be has. Its retcon has happened several times. My personal favorite's the Brainiac one. Um, or Jor-El being the one to know, like, look, we're, we've screwed this planet up so much, like, it, it, it's done. We're on the verge, and everybody being like, no, we're not listening. Or a civil war. That's, that's fine. Um, Lex as a government agent obsessed with UFO phenomena? Why not? Sure. Uh, Lex in power? Sure. That works. Um, Tizor is a stupid name. And then we're riffing on we're riffing on Superman 2 with the Kryptonian the, the Kryptonian group as well a little too much for my liking. Um Jarrell committing suicide while in Kryptonian prison. Why? Just why? Um doesn't it the biggest departure for me is Kryptonian heaven. Like things lost me a little bit before, but that's the, that's the part where I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Like I'm fine with Jor-El showing up as Clippy in man of steel. I'm good with that. They've always explained fairly well how if Superman dies, like it's not he's not fully dead like his body's just in an insane state of more or less hibernation 
But the full-on death, the resurrection without explaining how, and Kryptonian heaven is just so damn silly <laughs> that it doesn't square with the rest of this. It, if you want an example of what I'm picturing, think of the like the awful Transformers 2 where Shia LaBeouf dies and ends up in robot heaven, which was just so dumb. How, th this would just be just as dumb. <laughs> um, I like the idea of Superman dipping out, though, uh, to check on Krypton. Is it there? More Kryptonians are showing up. I'm fine with that. That was actually a cool story beat for me in Superman Returns where he's been away for five years because it's a direct sequel to Superman 2, uh, not the Donner Cut, the theatrical cut, because, hey, these other Kryptonians have just shown up. Maybe there are more of us out there. Um, that part is... That, that part I like. The rest of this, though, no thank you. <laughs> just no thank you. Again, don't even want this in an animated form. Just some of it is just so bonkers that I'm like, nope, nope. Um, all right. So then we're going to jump to uh, what is my personal favorite of these unmade movies. And the one that I would most have liked to uh, to see happen to me. It's got it, it easily could have fallen under its its premise um but i i really like the ideas being presented um so this would have been a sequel to superman returns and it would have been called just superman the man of steel um or superman to the man of steel uh, superman returns to the man of steel um which i'd just say drop returns to um anyways so it would have been with uh now very controversial director Brian Singer. Um, and it would have also involved now very controversial figure Kevin Spacey. So you understand why, hey, it's good that this, maybe it's better that this didn't happen in a way. Um, but I would actually still love an animated version of just this, just without those two individuals. Um, and it would have... The idea of it, Singer was looking to make a much more action-oriented sequel. I dig Superman Returns for all its flaws. Um, I really enjoy it still. I enjoy Ralph a lot in the role of Superman. Um, but it's one of its biggest problems is it's a 1970s Superman film in the year 2005. Um, that works for some people, but it doesn't work for a lot of them. It's why whenever people talk about hey could a jaws remake work you've got a second hour that's three dudes on a boat and it's ramping up tension can we do that now i'm not sure so this would have been uh singer was on the record as saying this was going to be more action oriented and he said he wanted to go wrath of Khan on it which is a thing that's very interesting because if you're in the star trek fandom one, Wrath of Khan is like one of the best, if not the best, Trek flicks, period. But also, when you say you're going to go Wrath of Khan on something, it means you're going to 
like improve it vastly over what came before. Star Trek the motion picture was very long-winded, very pondering, and very, very friggin' boring. Um, I get that some people like it, and I'm not going to rant on it too much, but Wrath of Khan was an improvement in every single way. So the idea of going Wrath of Khan on this is interesting. So now we're getting to the, the here's the story, at least that's the premise that's been released. Um, so in early outlines, the story centered around the, um, the, the island that Lex, Lex had formed out of kryptonite um, and Kryptonian crystals in Superman Returns. In the end of Superman Returns, if it's been a while since you've seen it, Lex forms an island um, to sell real estate on because he's a he's all about selling landfront property. That was the Lex M.O. from the the Donner Superman films. Um, And my joke has always been like he eventually would want to – he'd try to kill Superman because he wants to have the corner on the market on the flying car. Anyways, uh, so that movie ended with Superman after powering up like hurling this island that also was made a fair bit of kryptonite into the – uh, this landmass, he hurled it into outer space. So this large mass of Kryptonian, this large mass of Kryptonian land and partial tech, because their tech's also in their crystals, continued to grow and also attracts Brainiac uh, to, the, to the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, he first then becomes aware of Superman when one of his probes surveyed him now, sorry, uh, Brainiac also became aware of uh, Superman when one of his probes surveyed him during his five-year trip in the Crystal spacecraft, exploring the remnants of his lost homeworld. So, Superman returns. It opens with him returning to the uh, to Earth in the Crystal ship, implied to be the one that he was sent to in sent to Earth in as a child. Um, and you found out, like, hey, he after Superman 2, he went to find out if there were more people there. Uh, he was looking for any remnants. Uh, so Super uh, Brainiac became aware of him, but evidently didn't come into contact with him. Um, and in the brief opening action scene of the film, the bank robber who shot Superman in the eye around the middle of the first movie, which was a great scene because you see a bullet, like, completely compact and do nothing uh, as it ricochets off of Superman's eyeball. Um, we find out that that person would be John Corbin, AKA Metallo, who is a, a cyborg. Um, actually, damn is anyways. Um, yeah. And he's, he's doing a robbery. So that could have been a cool callback and a way to involve a villain that hasn't been, uh, hasn't been involved much. So, Okay, so it would have been cool to see. Yeah, it would have been really cool to see. Uh, sorry, I got total brain fart there mid sentence. It would have been cool to see Metallo show up, um, especially as like a first act kind of thing. So as the film goes on, uh, Brainiac spacecraft arrives to Earth, and then Superman greets him. Brainiac then deceives Superman by appearing to be an ordi- an ordinary Kryptonian survivor like him, asking him. But starts asking, why hasn't he attempted to re-educate Earth's natives to improve their lifestyle? Because 
we're earthlings and we suck. <laughs> Superman explains that he is sworn to not interfere with the natural progress of human society. And we can think of that um, Marlon Brando voiceover from Superman Returns where he's like, hey, no, you can't, you're, you can't rule them. Um, so Superman's there to help, but not interfere with the natural progress of human society. Uh, Brainiac disagrees and begins to interact with the various nations, eventually causing wars to break out. Uh, Superman uh, aids the U.S. air fighters, fighter jets, in an action scene um, during some of these wars. But Superman then becomes a pariah uh, because everybody's like, hey, Brainiac's actually helping. What have you been doing? Um, and he investigates the innards of Brainiac's ship. He finds an army of cloned bodies that resemble um, the body that Brainiac's in and learns that Brainiac is actually the, a ruthless artificial intelligence that destroyed Krypton. Love it. Um, Brainiac has also chosen Superman's son, Jason White, as his genetic host. So it's going to be an improved body. Um, causing him to rapidly age into full adulthood. And then, in the end, Superman must sacrifice his son to stop the AI threat. I, I, I unapologetically love this idea. I really, really do. It combines some of my favorite elements and retcons and stuff. I've always really loved the idea of Brainiac directly destroying Krypton, or as in the animated series, he knew of it, he he saw its destruction coming, but his whole thing is about learning and then moving on, like he just gathers knowledge. Um, <clears throat> he's not about, it's about knowing, not saving kind of thing. Um, so having him destroy Krypton, I really like Brainiac, can be evil but not in the mustache twirling way so him also seeing superman's son as like oh yeah that's the body i'm gonna inhabit love that idea absolutely love that idea uh because then also that makes the stakes of the final fight so much harder um that's so much more emotional what I would have loved this movie to describe is one of the things that's quite uncomfortable uh, with Superman Returns, which is, hey, in Superman Returns, you find out Super uh, Lois's son is actually Superman's kid because it carries on from Superman 2. And in Superman 2, Lois and Superman got busy. But in Superman 2, uh, they invent the superpower of uh, Superman kissing Lois and her magically forgetting and when they got together superman was also depowered uh so she has a son with a man that she has no memory of having any intimate relations with she would not be okay with that and she she was in the movie so i i hope this would have explained like yeah that kiss did nothing that kiss did nothing I just accepted how upset you were. <laughs> like, just just something. Just something to retcon that very uncomfortable plot hole out of existence. Just, just anything. Um, but also, 
I just love that idea. Superman is often a lighter story, um, but he can have darker, heavier themes. And I think this could have been pulled off awesome. Uh, and then it wouldn't have been his son in a child like as the child this the little asthmatic kid that we saw like we would have seen him in that body but then once brainiac takes over like rapidly aged him into full adulthood so then it's not superman next snapping a child um i love this i love this idea um the like and then the sacrifice of can he save his son does he have for like can he save him his son for himself for his, uh, for Lois, uh, are they husband and wife? Because Lois was engaged to somebody else at this time. Uh, <laughs> like, and what's going on with that dude who finds out the son that he thought was his was actually Superman's? So he's lost his son, potentially his 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 fiance. This movie actually could have been dope. And out of all of the unmade Superman ones, especially about stuff we know about, this is the one I'm most interested in. I'd love to have a segment about like Man of Steel 2, what super like what the Henry Cavill standalone sequel would have been, but I, I couldn't find any information on it. I, I hope to eventually. Um, but out of all of them, this is the one I like the most. Give this to me in live action. Give this to me in a comic book. Give this to me in in uh animated movie recast kevin a, a recast lex luther get a different director but give me this i unapologetically love this story it's not perfect but out of all of the other ones i've read this is bar none to me the best all right. Anyways, that about does it. We are uh, we are done going down the the trail of unmade Superman films. Let me know in the comments uh, what your favorite one would have been. Do you agree with me that Superman Man of Steel was the best one of them? Uh, if you're able to find out details on other ones that I wasn't, please let me know. And do you think you'd want any of these to ever see the light of day somehow, be it as an animated film? Because Honestly, why not? Or as a comic book, or you've got streaming services, why the heck not? Um, or should some of them never, ever, ever see the light of day and only be brought up to be made fun of? <laughs> or remind us how much better comic book movies are now, even when they're bad, than the bygone era of the 80s, 90s, and early to mid-2000s before they started taking comic book movies much more seriously. All right, all that being said, I hope you all are being safe, taking care, being kind to one another. Please be kind to one another um, and enjoy this, uh, this season. It's cold in Canada, and then it's not, and people are often on sick. Be safe, be good to each other, and hope you enjoyed. God bless, my friends. Peace!